and welcome to the DMs Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role playing campaigns. With me yet again, I don't know why I keep saying that. <laughs> yet again, he's he's always here for our season. It's my co-host Hamilton. Hamilton, how are you, my friend? Hello. Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I think it's also because sometimes there are other people that turn up and that's and- true. And do a much better job and talk about... Oh, <laughs> you're doing this right now when we have a guest on. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm making it awkward, so there's a, a witness. <laughs> yeah, well, as we're sort of lead up, so yes, today we have a really special guest. We've got a guest on. This is, I think this is the first time we've ever had three people on the club. Yeah, we've got Matthew Whitby, who's on to talk about his book, Doomed of Forgotten Realms, the uh, Sword Coast uh, Gazette. Gazette? Is that how you say it? Gazetteer, I think. Well, I, either way. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, <laughs> you don't know. It's your, it's your book. You've got to say it right. Yeah, either way. <laughs> also, I, again, I like my book titles to be interpretive. And, you know, okay. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for enjoy- inviting me. Um, I was Brilliant. under the impression that I was I was Hamilton's replacement. <laughs> oh, well, that's awkward. Uh, Hamilton, <laughs> oh, he's gone. He's gone from the screen. Um, but Matt, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, who are you, and what do you do in the grand scheme of D and D podcasting? Like, who are you, my friend? Yeah, uh, that was getting deep for a second. There. I was like, who, who, who am I? No, uh, but no, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been uh, uh, was it a tabletop RPG designer for about um, entering like my fourth year now. I'm DMs Guild. Uh, I guess, like, I would call myself DMs Guild Homegrown. That's kind of been my, my playground. Um, and yeah, I, I've, I've had an amazing time uh, making like a bunch of really kind of, you know, interesting content. And yeah, the most recent and arguably the, the well, unarguably, the most successful thing that I've done so far is this um, Doomed Forgotten Realms uh, Sword Coast Gazetteer, um, which yeah. is, is kind of blown my mind with the kind of reception. Yeah, to it. a best platinum seller, I see. And that's that is no normal feat, essentially. So, yeah, congrats yeah, yeah. on that. So, how did you get into D&D in general? We always start with the basic questions like, how, how did you get into this yeah. weird role playing community hobby? How did you do that? Yeah, so I, I kind of, I've been playing it for like a, a, a while, um, but like it was kind of more dipping in my toes into like fifth edition like during like when it first kind of came out but yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm a 5e baby <laughs> I'm, I'm new to this and every now and then i dip back into the old editions and go wow things are things are different back then you know and things have changed things have changed <laughs> what actually started like my actual like creating of content is that i i, I became a dm by accident um I, as, I, as i'm sure so many people have a lot of people um, did, yeah yeah ah. i was DMing for a group of um yep. what was it there was eight of us um which is yeah a, a, a big, eight uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, first you know, time dm yeah. this interview's gone like very like interrogation like what <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was literally the case of uh, you know i i i threw the suggestion for one shot people were kind of like a, a fan for it and and as you kind of you know uh I think as you get like a grip to DM, whether you're making doing like homebrew stuff or you're doing kind of like module content, there's always that point of like, well, I've had to improv stuff, make stuff off the spot. And then you kind of go of like, my notes aren't that bad. Like I could, yeah. I could, you know, I could, <laughs> I could, I could polish these notes up a little bit and, you know, pop them in like a venture book. And then you realize how no, your notes aren't detailed enough. They're not su- like, they're not sufficient in any way. No. Um, but, but at that point, I'd already fallen down the rabbit hole. Um, and mm-hmm. like, what was it? My first product was uh, Craven Hall, which was like mm-hmm. a whole kind of like modular little little town that I was using as like a like an impromptu setting. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so, so, so that's, that's essentially my journey of how yeah, I, I just I, I fall into things, and and the DMs Guild and, and publishing tabletop RPGs was was very much one of them. We're only mm. sixty one books in, as it says on the DMs <laughs> Guild now, so yeah, not a light <laughs> feat in four years. Twenty a year on average, you know, give, give, give or take. Um, that's impressive. God. That is impressive. More than one a month is that is. I should say, uh, as 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 of the recording, um, I am I'm currently on hiatus uh, because I <laughs> so after like the the Doom Forgotten Realms kind of dropped. So while this has been going on. Uh, I, I'm actually uh, a PhD student. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, <laughs> I only just got to do that. <laughs> it's funny uh, for the last like the, the length of my PhD has essentially been you know my um, length of like publishing, and sometimes mm. it has been like I've been doing like full time tabletop RPG publishing, part time PhD. Um, <laughs> and, oh no! Yeah, and now I'm at that point where it probably should it probably should switch. Switch temporarily yeah, so yeah, you can yeah. get the yeah. PhD out. Yeah, way. once yeah. once I'm a doctor, then I can just forget about all that stuff and, and focus on what's important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, tabletop RPG we totally get that so you're saying that obviously you were sort of accidentally 
the DM done? Do you get the chance to play at all? Yeah. Or are you forever DM? I was very lucky to kind of have, have a pretty good balance. That's another beautiful thing that kind of came out from getting involved in the creator kind of community is, is that I ended up in a few kind of group games with, with other kind of fellow creators. Mm, um, nice. and, and yeah, always a nice opportunity to, to, to go through and play some games. Recently finished a Tomb of Annihilation campaign. Um, Whoa. Which was, yeah, very, very, very was good. We were playing a, a slightly spicy version where each person had two characters. Um, oh, yeah. which, which was all quite, quite fun to kind of work with. Uh, but one of my characters died the, the session before the finale. <laughs> so, oh, no! You know, we were literally like, not too much spoilers, but there is a boss fight at the end of Tomb of Annihilation. And before the boss fight, my paladin died. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> it was like, okay, well, that's, that's fine. I'll just uh, work it's, with it. It's we, fine. Oh, no, it is before the big fight. Yeah. Oh. Were you running both characters at the same time? Or did you yeah. have them just the second one prepped? Ooh. Yeah, simultaneously. So Ooh. it kind of stemmed from, uh, there was a point in the campaign where some members of the party got captured and some mm. didn't and so oh, right. in order to kind of compensate that they were like okay well the party that's been captured the people who don't have characters in this situation yeah. roll up characters and they'll also be like you know prisoners in that situation and then we just kind of kept rolling with it i like that's the cool. sound of that if you do get there a chance i would kind of recommend it and it works well if the two characters you have have like i had like a, a, a like a paladin of war and like a a, a stealing tabaxi so like yeah, it's really very separate very <laughs> opposite end of the spectrums and that kind of you know there will be times where you might have to have a conversation with yourself um <laughs> as every good dm does <laughs> yeah, exactly so let's talk about dune forgotten realms then so well first of all what is it for those people who've been living under a rock and haven't got their copy from drive for rpg even though it's best platinum seller mm. not drive for rpg Dungeon Master's Guild. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. So so the the kind of core idea was originally Scott McClintock's. The, the concept was kind of his 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 baby. Um, but two years ago, um, roughly, he kind of reached out with me to kind of ask to kind of collaborate. Um, and his idea was essentially this kind of three part uh, Rise of Vecna like uh, adventure chain, um, which part three the f the finale is is out soon, but. As we were kind of talking about the, you know, the idea of like, you know, a, a world in which Vecna is the one kind of pulling the strings and causing the Forgotten Realms as we know it to become doomed and evil. I kind of suggested that this is something that would benefit from like a gazetteer. If yeah. you're taking the, you know, the the Forgotten Realms and making it so every of the, I think, eight hardcover books yeah. has mm -hmm. the the bad ending. Yeah. So, you know, Oral, uh, uh, is it? yeah, the Frost Maiden uh, claims, yeah. you know, Icewind Dale. Uh, Tiamat is released from the Nine Hells. The demons control the Underdark. All of these yep. things happening simultaneously within one world. What does it make the Sword Coast look like? Um, and the answer uh, that the you know the the Sword Coast Gazetteer kind of presents is it's pretty scuffed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get out while you still yeah, can. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty bad. And yeah, it was a pleasure. Um, it was kind of mm. fun to kind of think about how all these events kind of you know play with each other. Like okay, the fact that Tiamat is back. How does that shape the world? The fact that now we have like Vecna as like an opposing force to Tiamat. How does that shape the world? You know what happens to all the powerful wizards? It was it, it was an incredibly fun world building exercise um, because yeah. it's kind of working with the the established world of the, you know the Silver Coast and the Forgotten Realms and just thinking. Okay, well, this has happened. How does that affect the world? Then this happens. <laughs> you know, it's just like a, a flow chart of. of collectively more destruction i'm imagining charlie day in, uh, in uh, <laughs> yeah. with all the pinboards that's how i imagine yeah. your room when you turn the camera around the other way it looks uh, like it's during the height of it it was pretty bad <laughs> yeah with a big picture of like tmr with all yeah. the heads yeah. off one of circles Zekna circled in the middle like what yeah, does it exactly. mean <laughs> yeah well and you know what it's, it's something that i had actually never considered since uh, until i read doomed forgotten realms because i didn't realize that obviously each of the published modules would be set in a, some sort of order. I was just like, I assume they happen mm. separately, or yeah. only one of them happens, or something like that. And I was like, oh, there is a chronological order, and I and I totally got that as well. When you're like, if this, then this, and yeah. this, it's a you know big improv thing. And so like, if this is true, what else is true? Yeah. And so you're like, oh my god, every bad decision. We're, we are in the darkest timeline and it was just like whoa yeah. really cool and yeah i like thinking about like out of the abyss stuff with obviously a zootamoy and this, this horrible fungus like forest like for me i was like oh well tick tick as we say <laughs> um i was like oh shit that's there and then you got this and you got this and as a result all the bad stuff you're like there is so much to play with 
as yeah. as a setting so it totally makes sense that you'd have like the whole sword coast just being this is awful let's put let's put a campaign in it <laughs> i need to shout out um so uh Teos, uh alpha stream has a, a blog article where they literally present like a, a, the timeline of events in order lifesaver mm. for, for this product as oh. a because i can li- imagine yeah literally yeah. just having that kind of because the again time in the you know the D hardcover books a little wibbly wobbly and and yeah so it was again i just yeah i just wanted to shout out that, that resource i was gonna say i was surprised how much shit happens in such a short period of time in the forgotten <laughs> realms because literally yeah. it's like they have 85 89 90 91 92 i was like jesus christ no wonder there's no adventurers left because yeah. like they're all busy <laughs> there's mm-hmm. something going on all the time i did i just thought that was quite funny i thought it was gonna at least be over like 20 30 40 years, years. Not, yeah. not 15 or 10 yeah. even <laughs> Yeah, a decade essentially. Exactly. The, the worst decade. It, yeah. It's funny how like yeah, the dominoes kind of line up. It's always interesting. Like the one that I think kind of shapes the world the most is definitely dealing with like the the death curse. So going back yes. to yeah. Soul annihilation and stuff. Yeah. Mm. We use uh, the kind of soulmonger as kind of like a like an instigating event. The big thing with with justifying how the world changes uh, after all these kind of cataclysmic events was one thing. Then mm. having the kind of the thread that kind of like what what how are all these events kind of connected. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just kind of made sense to make you know Vecna the the the, the puppet master kind of behind. I mean Vecna is, is let's talk let's say hot shit right now. He is fucking <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Uh, you know Stranger Things like he's coming back in fifth edition like really big as well. So yeah. you've you've timed this perfectly. Yeah, it's almost that. as if something was going on two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I wish I could say it was planned. Like the the, the, the timing <laughs> of it, like the, with Stranger Things, everything. Honestly, mm. it just wasn't. It, it just mm. it, the stars aligned in in that sense, and mm-hmm. it was even funnier. So I was having um, someone was uh, uh, I was in an email chain where they were asking in the, in the book you don't you know include like a stat block for Vecna you know it was that intentional why didn't you do that and stuff like that and at the time I was like well I mean you know when you're dealing with like deities and gods you don't necessarily always want to like give them like a stat yeah. block but mm-hmm. if if I would I would think something like you know give them like Tiamat's five legendary resistances maybe mm-hmm. if I'm like a bit of a like a dickhead I would give them like a, a counter spell as like a legendary action yeah <laughs> um, and that I, I again I, I don't know whether it's you know maybe maybe I'm just like um Devant or I, I don't know there's like some latent like energy going on but a few days later, you know, this Vecna stat block comes out and it's pretty much what I, I caught. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Because what we interviewed as a while ago uh, the folks behind the Uncaged anthology, uh, especially the ones behind the Goddesses one, and some of them don't have stat blocks. And they said, yeah, because the Goddesses, it's not going to end well for you if you try and you can try and fight them, but you won't survive. And I, that's what I kind of like about Vecna as well. You, as, you know, in certain forms, he can be defeated in quotation marks, all yeah. that sort of thing. But as soon as he's past a certain level, you're like, well, shit, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's here now. My next question then is, what was your favourite part to write? Or more, uh, how about this? What was your favourite faction to Ooh. write if you had one? Um, see, what was kind of fun is, is, is thinking about how the kind of, yeah, the factions kind of evolved. And so I ran a, um, a Waterdeep Dragon Heist campaign. Um, and I just, I just kind we of We thought like, so. Yeah. yeah. I thought that. As yeah. someone who's run that as well, I was like, yeah, someone's yeah. played that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it bleeds through, doesn't it? You can, you can always tell. And with it, I kind of, I grew in love with Axel. Who doesn't? <laughs> and he kind of... So in coming up with like the the brigand the Arth, uh, my pronunciation I'm, I'm not like I, yeah. You, don't worry, you're at home on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Pronunciations are out the window, yeah. as you can tell with us. That's so do not so worry. Ha- I was hoping because Matt understood how to say gazetteer, and so I was like, <laughs> crap, let, let, it's the first time for you, and we've got a pronunciation <laughs> guide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, yeah, brigand the, the Arth. Um, but yeah. yeah, and and the idea that you know like that Jalaxel in their own way would like essentially pick up their toys and and run. Mm. And I love the again because I love Waterdeep Dragon Heist. I love the idea of like him his, his trio of boats that kind of connect to each other yeah. um, and make this like little three connection. And I was like, what if we did that on crack? What, yeah, what, if, exactly, yeah. what if instead of three boats connecting to each other every now and then it's an entire city's worth it, and it kind of like fixed itself because then it kind of says like if the sword yeah. coast is so bad people aren't gonna stay where do they go the le- everything's yeah. bad like you can't go up dragons are up there you can't you can't mm-hmm. go down demons are down Demon. there <laughs> and in the middle yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just go go outwards and, and that kind yeah. of led to you know the this kind of like sea location i totally agree though with jarl axel in and i used i don't know if you use this which was the um water deep dragonized forgotten tales uh mm-hmm. alternate 
which is an Entrecasso Hayek did as an extra, which you can get on DMs Guild, which I recommend as a recommendation out there, because that uses uh, the intro, instead of it being, uh, it, it intros, instead of being Zentarim, uh, Xanathar's Guild heavy, it's Bregendarth or Bregendiarth versus Castellantis heavy. And you actually go into the, the Godcatcher as one of the first levels and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's quite, it's, I recommend it. But I always felt Jarl Axel comes across in it as very much like, He's a baddie, but he's also got a heart of gold somewhere hidden yeah, in there, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, he wants to do good as much as he wants to do good for himself. I yeah, think, I, I think that, there's always that thing of like he will do good as long as it benefits him in yeah. in, in some manner yeah. and stuff. Like that. And <laughs> of course, and yeah, yeah, in in a world as as doomed as it is, yeah. being the you know the the, the leader of uh, like an entire like fleet of ships. That, yeah. that suits him just fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if yeah. he could, at the end of it, take Luskin back and a few yeah. other places at the same time, but all the better. Yeah. yeah. It always strikes me as somebody who's like, oh, you know, like I mix the best of what he's got and then he'll build it up and like, oh, yeah, he's lost mm. everything just now. But then he's gone, all right, new start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Each new start is like a new challenge. It's like, you know, like hitting like 10th level prestige. It's like, I'm going to restart yeah. just for the, the hell of it. Well, something that we both, uh, as we talked about this uh, together before we spoke to you, that we, we really liked was the, the, um, the use of renown as a very sort of uh, flavorful thing than, mm-hmm. than, than in other elements of books where they kind of make it very much like a numbers game. You know what I mean? And very much here's what you get for yeah. being good, right? And I think mm-hmm. that what was so much more fun, and it just, it, I just love, uh, generally you've done that really well, but the element of of sort of like flavoring everything and everything down to each of those ranks always felt really right. And I love the names in them. I don't know if you made up all of them, but they're all very cool. So I, I take credit again, because of, you know, fifth edition being built on the foundations of like four other editions. A lot yeah. of the roles are like the Vecna's Alliance, those mm-hmm. have been kind of been predefined, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, the cults of the dragon. Uh, I need the cult of dragon yeah. ones. So yeah, a few, probably. a few of them. Yeah. Like, uh, so I think the cult, the uh, the cult of the elder elemental eye, as well as like mm-hmm. Zariel's legion, yeah. were the ones that I kind of you know had had the freedom to kind of write. Yeah, yeah. I love everything about the uh, the cult of the elder elemental eye because yeah. I've not I've not played uh, that particular module at all, but mm. I just love how it that to me seems the most interesting and intriguing thing. They had these four princes of you know elements, and mm. then they've been tricked and then they're being tricked again on yeah. so many levels and it's just like oh because obviously they're, yeah. they're evil and it's just like i can just foresee that being such a cool mm. like faction to be a part of but obviously if you aren't an elemental in any way you don't get up that high yeah. so you're like oh so the, yeah for me that was like the most interesting one in terms of like things to play around with yeah. as as a dm yeah. like, I, I want to throw everything at my players with this and get thoroughly yeah. chained yeah. back out there i think definitely with the factions yeah you can see the the dragon heist kind of inspiration because yeah. what I, I loved about that is the easiest well, way to kind of get your players kind of attuned to a new setting or a new world is factions it, it kind of it naturally kind of lends themselves to if a player's mm. background says like okay well i'm an ex zentarium agent you immediately have a series of like you know like oh who used to be their supervisor or like not to make it like <laughs> weird like but you know you you yeah. now have a, a bunch of like strings to kind of pull on in a world that kind of takes you know what everyone knows and kind of warps it so much you still want to have those kind of like familiar groundings of of factions that you know people can kind of say okay i'm part of this group i know their deal how do they interplay with other factions and you know it kind of hope eases the player into the world a little bit I think what it does even beyond that, because it does that really well, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda lay more on you here. But what I loved and what I did in Wash Deep Dragon Ice is I made all of the baddies the baddie. I didn't choose one, I just had all of them. I did the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, exactly. It's the only way. I think, and, it, and and that interplay is what makes it fun because my characters, I played a neutral evil campaign uh, with my players. So they were playing neutral, as in like they were greedy evil, they yeah, yeah. evil, evil. Yeah, I, if you're after like the vault of dragons and stuff like that, exactly. it, it's more fun if you're like, <laughs> like you're trying to like, I don't know, like um, Ocean's Eleven it instead of like, exactly. oh, we're, yeah. we're here to give it to an orphanage or. or... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that's happening. <laughs> but what you've done in here, I think, and as with the Thrasdom, uh, is you've given every single one of these elements, these factions, something to manipulate and exploit, you know? Yeah. And I think, uh, and so in my mind, I was going down this, the other route, which is like, I think I'd probably get my players to align with the Breg and Darth, but then maybe I'd put a few of these little feelers out of things that could mm. be exploited, like, you know, proving Thurism is, is actually trapped or proving the gods aren't real or 
you know, Manchu, yeah. like playing Manchu off against Vecna, you know, like all those sorts of things, I think yeah. were just really perfectly positioned. I think that's what really, yeah. really sold it. Because I guess it gets to a point where, like, and this is saying from someone who loves horror <laughs> and apocalyptic stuff and dystopian stuff, is that it gets to a point where it's incredibly bleak yes. and there's no hope yeah, at and, all. And the two ways we kind of tried to combat that is because, again, in dealing with something as as, as doomed as it is, one, you know, the Volo quips, they kind of help keep things, you know, yeah. a, a, a little bit say. light. But secondly, is if you paint a, a world filled with evil as essentially like like a powder keg like there are so many exactly, things that the yeah. players and one it, it does kind of two things because one it shows how you know unstable evil is as a whole but secondarily it, it gives players things to do like immediately mm -hmm. knowing that like if Tharazdun is unleashed again that's going to cause some problems but yeah. it, and that can be a goal in itself and then once that again unfortunately I don't go in exact detail of like if you make the world worse I don't know if that like releasing Tharazdun Tharazdun like does, is that like a reset or is that like the, like things just get worse? I don't know. There, there's only so much I can fit in the book. <laughs> but that, that, that's that's up to the GM and stuff, yeah. right? That that's you, like you said. There's only so much you can do. But I I was just about to say though, what I do like about it is that you do put that thing going. So yeah, you could make it as a this is the last stand, our last hope mm. that any little bit of good it's going to help, even if it feels mm. like it's the end of me. Or you could take full advantage of it, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I know, I know, players are like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know, I know some players too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and that's another unique thing about this book as well. You mentioned it just then, uh, Matt. This idea that you have Volo in it as well, which again makes it very Sword Coast. It makes it very mm. much familiar. Except the big spoiler that Volo is dead. It's not the first time I've killed Volo in a book. Yeah, you've, I've, I heard. I read another interview with you, and you said that you like to kill Volo. I was like, poor Volo. Any, any opportunity, like, I, so what was it? I have uh, Volo's Guide to Getting Murdered. Yeah, I yes. saw that. Which yeah, is yeah, it's a murder mystery where v Volo dies. He's a little bit too cheery for yeah, my liking maybe, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, in fairness, he just I, gets away with stuff. So. Yeah, I, you know, what? I, I I like to think of it that even though I have killed him, mm. he's like he's like that kind of like that rock that you can never throw away. Mm. Like even though Ooh. even though I've killed him and stuff, like that, he's still persistent. He's still yeah. Yeah. This, like he is like a force of will that will like even though the world is doomed mm. he's just now in an ethereal form <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Still, yeah writing, still writing yeah, exactly. still commenting on yeah. stuff you're like yeah, his sake. force of will is nature is so because it's a magical environment his yeah. force of nature is so big that it has embodied uh himself into the in the fabric of reality yeah. that he even if he's dead he still exists <laughs> to write <laughs> books I, I can see like a, a a story thread in which like volo somehow ends up as being like one of the deities or like I you know, the, know. The, 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 the god, like, god, like there's a god of like wizard there's god of scribing like um yeah. so many people have read his books that he's like yeah got enough like followers like, <laughs> that oh, read his no. books <laughs> yeah they worship by reading oh no 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 i'm putting a stop to that right now um, <laughs> So you obviously we've got the six factions that sort of mm. make up the sort of the big political uh, actors and yeah. movers and shakers and and then in the next chapter in chapter three you talk about the, the main locations that have changed from this and one thing that we were talking off podcast was saying it feels very much like what uh, Minsk and Boo in their general villainy did and what's nice about it is that each of the sort of major locations sort of like Evernight which is sort of the dark version of uh, Never yeah, uh, Neverwinter is that it's just like two or three pages long and it's all succinct information so you could mm. look at one or two of these things i go I, I know exactly what this town is i know i can put stuff in it it's not reams and reams of history which yeah. not saying uh sword coast adventurous guide is like that but it's just a little bit like that <laughs> but it's, it reminds me also of of matt mercer's um uh books on uh on both they've gone out of my head right all right taldore what was it wild, wild amount yeah taldore amount and wild man exactly wild but Tal yeah. thank god we were both here for that <laughs> thank you my point is that also with that does the same thing and having the little adventure hooks like you can mm. tell you're a gm and you've written this for GMs, and it is perfect in that sense of both succinct, but also just enough tasty little morsels for everyone just to go, hmm, let's take a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I must admit, again, the, the, the structure of the book can uh, really, I should be crediting like four different hardcover books. The Explorer's Guide to Wildmount was a mm. clear point of inspiration, not only yeah. for you know the later points, the Heroic Chronicles that we kind of like yes. is like in the book, yes. but Love that. The, the structuring the the locations. It's it honestly, mm. it, it, I I was reading through it and it is like you kind of said it. It contained all the information you need as like the the bare bones, and that that yeah, a, a good amount of thought goes into like making the content as actionable as possible. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that came through. 
No, it comes across. It really does. And I think all the little adventures are some some of them I've just got love in big letters. I do that a lot. I just write love. <laughs> I, I highlight. So you get highlighted uh, and then you get love if it's really good. So you got lots of loves on this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I even thought with the little, the smaller ones, when you even get into those, there's just little bits of, they, even those had uh, enough just to, just to bring you in. And then suddenly Xanathar turns up, <laughs> which I thought was fun. I was yeah. like, oh, there he is. He is. I was just wondering what he would do so uh, xanathar is like an important character within the uh the, the quest chain mm. um mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that so it, it was fun mm. so basically like it was it was more that every now and then i would kind of present scott with like here's how the gazette is going and he goes mm. oh by the way uh, xanathar's in one of the dwarf holds and i'm like <laughs> okay I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to include a like you know kind of like tie in and kind of like collaborate on that but it no it, it was a good kind of like you know back and forth of of collaborating between the two of us to try and make making sure that you know the two two worlds yeah. kind of mm. kind of align so what was the process then for writing the book uh, which i appreciate it's such a big vague question in general but mm. like w- w- to go from like the beginning bit obviously you've done the brief you're like okay we want to make this happen to the end process but is it like a, a chapter at a time or did you split it up into sections? Um, like? It was honestly so. So for me, this was like a uh, like a, a, a. I only I call it a pandemic project. Um, and and yeah, this, this you, is a pandemic project. Yeah. This podcast is. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it honestly is is a bit of a blur. Um, and this is where again I do have to I do have to shout out. Uh, so Laura Laura Hurstbrunner and and Robert mm-hmm. uh, Reeve, the editors, um, mm-hmm. absolute lifesavers. Um, Laura again during like the, the the first kind of draft, Laura was very kind to sit me down and just be like. This this could use some this could use some revisions, <laughs> um, which hundred percent I understand. And everything yeah. everything that the, the two of them touched uh, honestly helped shape this thing out yeah. to, to be gold gold as it is. So yeah, as to the writing, um, it was I don't know it it just it just sort of happened. Like I think <laughs> it, it was a case of where definitely there were certain sections that were never intentionally fully planned. Um, mm-hmm. Things like for example, early on I had plans for like subclasses for every class um and just wow. at some yeah at some point during the, the project i was like i have to draw the line somewhere locations can kind of came easier but sometimes mm. it would it would be the case of like i couldn't really think about a location worked until i had like one or two like quest hooks and sometimes sometimes it's like the case of like i'm hitting my head uh trying to figure out what's going on with like i don't know like icewind dale and then it's mm. not until i'm dealing with like all the stuff to do with giants that yes. like i realize like oh, okay oh now 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 this piece kind of fits in um, yeah. So yeah, I I, I feel bad because I haven't quite answered your question. Other than just it happened. <laughs> it, it happened. It happened in stages, and it's all all over the place yeah. in the sense of it. But it worked for you. So you like yeah. you're trying to figure something out, work on something else. Oh, and yeah. that fits there. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That. A general kind of writing tip that I'm I'm a big fan of is I'm I'm a <laughs> I was about to call myself a skeleton writer. <laughs> but what, <laughs> what I mean is 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 like so when I come to write something, uh, I literally do create all the the headings and i create like literally yeah. the bare bones of like th- these are right. everything i kind of want to include and then mm. it becomes a bit easier to kind of like take it piecemeal and that, that's why looking at you know the mm. the wild amount explorer's guide because uh, mm. again the structures kind of have the the headings kind of built in that you can kind of just like go okay well let's, you know what? i kind of want to talk about Helldor's skate you know what about the the government just, is there a government here yes yeah. and you, you know, just that. fill it in as you go along i think that's a yeah. I, I i like that sort of way of doing things as well because it makes it just makes more sense and you can just yeah i've i'm writing something for something i'm doing and i've done the headings for all the chapters i want to make for yeah. this the, the episode or the sessions i want to do and i've just written like a paragraph by now of everything i want to happen in each one and then i'll come along and fix it later but at yeah. least once you've and you once you've done something you go oh it's so easy now because <laughs> yeah. i've done something mm. and then sometimes yeah you just need that like one idea to kind of latch onto it and and mm. nine times out of yeah. ten sometimes it's just like oh I, I figured out a funny pun that i can write down <laughs> and, and and now 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 suddenly i don't know after this pun i now have energy to, to do some writing and i love that i love that really cool. speaking of adventure hooks then as well another yeah. thing which again is like another compliment to you matt so you be prepared like yeah. oh, oh, no. what i liked about your adventure hooks like and I, I know maybe this is a thing with all adventure hooks but i think what was cool about yours is that they were vague enough to be like mm-hmm. here's the the crumb trail essentially for what the gm does yeah. but it's also obviously ties in so well to the setting but it's like okay the ending of each adventure hook isn't yeah. set it is no yeah. right or wrong way it's just a really mm. interesting idea and i think that's so important with something like this because some of the hooks were like you go uh, and go and 
investigate a dragon but then they plead with you for their lives and like do you side with them in the end mm. leaving that like ethical moral quandary out for your players and i'm like that makes for me that makes me very happy as a dm so you don't have to be like yeah. yes you're evil characters but this is a shred of your humanity and all that sort of yeah. malarkey and stuff so yeah i thought that was really cool and again makes sense in terms of editing style styling it but obviously having it in different sections as well mm-hmm. just to be like building it up from like uh, like mm. local heroes all the way up to masters of the world. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I think in terms of like yeah, they're kind of like the I guess the the quests almost like serve different purposes depending on like where they are in the book. Right. Like mm. the the ones in the locations are are what I try to do with each one is is tie it to like uh, what what's most exciting about the location that mm-hmm. obviously uh, like you want to point out the cool stuff of the locations like the fact that Hellstore Gate is a giant hole. Uh, yeah. you, you, I, I want people to go down the hole. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. like, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. And if I have to make a Big question, yeah, go down. Yeah, 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 that's what I've got to do. But the kind yeah. of the the campaign hooks kind of allow you to kind of yeah take that slightly step back of like okay, well these yeah. are the these are the quests that begin to kind of like shape the world mm. in some way. Is there one that you particularly are, let's say, proud of? Ooh. Your favorite, um, or, you, or are there too many? Evil. And you're just like, that's I can't evil. pick. I can't. Uh, the, the whole. The setting is evil. <laughs> no, I, again, again, I don't mind. I don't mind picking a favorite child. <laughs> one I did like. Uh, I've got a soft spot for heists. So there's one involving yeah. uh, Candlekeep. Uh, oh, I'm, is it? I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the the Kenku uh, uh, tome. 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 Yes. So yeah. tome the 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 Kenku Lich. When the minute I saw Kenku Lich, I was like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Thank it's, you very it's, much. Tick tick. It's a combo. It's a combo only made in hell. Um, yeah, <laughs> but but no, again, it kind of like stems from from like you know the law. We're thinking like, okay, well, Vecna's mm-hmm. taken Candlekeep. Candlekeep is a well-known bastion of real powerful, weird, mm. weird, weird shit. He's obviously not going to be taking care of it or defending it himself. So puts mm. you know a lich he, he can kind of uh, trust to kind of defend it. But the, there's all the good stuff there. Yeah. The players kind of enacting a heist to kind of finding out what's in the middle of it and maybe getting some powerful artifacts. Yeah, it, yeah. Kind, of, it kind of wrote itself. I like the yeah. name of it as well. A long overdue heist makes me feel like you've got to page 56 or 74 going, <laughs> yeah. it's long overdue that I wrote a heist. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean by this. I, literally, I, the entire book, I, I started with a long overdue heist. And then as I was writing it, I was just like, it's I, it's taking too long to get to the heist. Um, <laughs> you just filled it out around it. Yeah. You couldn't do like a yeah, one exactly. page. Uh, <laughs> and also Candlekeep is cool, cool as well. Mm. We've done a, an episode on, on Dia's book a little while about, about how interesting that is a place. And naturally, obviously, you've got Candlekeep mysteries and stuff like that so to actually have something mm. of it in this setting instantly I'm like oh that's cool and it's a heist I'm 100% in so yeah, yeah I, tick, I, tick, I, tick. I was tick 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 there we go <laughs> and I think for people doing who want to do like light want to do sort of like world buildy things I think this is a, a like make any more DM skill things I think this is a really great way of making a campaign as like doing your first campaign book if you want to do one is making this situation where it's like you split them into levels as you said 1 to 4 5 to 10 11 to 16 and 17 to 20 and then given three or four i think is it always three or is it i'm just trying to check it might always be three uh Mm -hmm. little options for different ways that you might make that structure that campaign around Mm -hmm. and if you tag that in with all the little added on i went through and just made my route if you know what i mean my (laughs) if you know the map you get in dragon heist where you choose your your route it's that sort of thing i was starting to plot and map it out and and i think it's a really a really good way of doing it so i I really recommend people look at this just not only from a it's amazing but also just from a a science and background to writing campaigns so uh, a point of inspiration for me as well was the uh, empty black adventurer's guide to kalamshan i took one of the kind of like the the quest hooks the adventure hooks Mm. he had i asked i said this is a really good quest hook can I mm. turn it into like a full, like a full adventure? Um, and oh. I was fortunate enough to kind of you know get get their blessing to kind of do that. When it comes to writing any kind of product, the process of writing a setting guide is definitely I, I think I, yeah it's the hardest product you can choose to make. I think yeah. on like on, 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 <laughs> yeah. on like a spectrum, uh, like the smallest end you have things like items, uh, yes. and then you have things yeah. like encounters. Then you kind of have things like full subclasses. Full classes, yeah. if you're, you know, you'll be that design. Like ad- yeah. adventures, uh, you like, and and yeah, without a doubt, setting guides are on the far end because they almost encompass everything. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, it's rewarding. Uh, it, I, mm. I, I had fun doing it, um, but yeah, it's. I, I, it guess, comes across. I guess. I guess it's more yeah. just like this is a warning sign of like just be aware. It's a lot, <laughs> but it definitely comes across with a lot of fun. There's a lot of humor in this as well, and I think you've got Volo's voice down very well. And you said you've written about him before, so I think you've got that 
uh, really yeah. good. But it, it does. There is, even though there is a lot of like doom and gloom, there is enough humor in this to make it, and enough like things that you feel that you could, your players could be silly about as much yeah. as be serious, which I think yeah. is quite cool. Well, then using that sort of segue, let's mm. let's talk about the subclasses then, because mm. you've written uh, like one for each. I had said factions because another beautiful thing about this is so you've got one, you know, got one for bard, druid, fighter, rogue, and wizard. And it's what's quite cool is that each of them are themed to be sort of with one of the factions. Yeah. Can I ask, like, with I, obviously I know cer- certain ones say like the wizard one mm-hmm. that is always clearly going to be the vectors one, uh, vectors one, vectors one, uh, because obviously the secret stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But was it for the other ones? Was there like any particular ones you're like, oh, is that that's definitely going to be this faction? Um, I think it kind of completes the whole picture of like making sure that everything within the book kind of helps, you know, Mm. establish characters kind of within the world. And it is rare. Again, uh, it's not something too explored within um, 5e. I know that there is the, Mm. is there like the like purple dragon fighter or is it, it's the one that's based on like something from dragon lance oh no don't no you've found our weak spot we don't know anything about dragon no, lance. I, I get I, it's not either but I, I think in the sense of like that there are very like subclasses that are like very law based aren't aren't too common um, okay just yeah. because you you almost do yeah. kind of like again that's it's the, the purpose of backgrounds for the yeah. most part yes um, yes but what i kind of like is that even though you know the abilities in the subclasses kind of are tied to a particular kind of faction uh it mm. does kind of have that freedom of like well the character may be part of this faction or they might have like splintered from it. There is still mm, that kind yeah. of that, that possibility, but it kind of all just kind of f- fell into itself. You know, uh, when looking at like the elementals, uh, so mm. the, you know, for the cult of the uh, yeah. elder elemental eye, a lot of classes kind of have already kind of like elemental subclasses um, yeah. in, in their own kind of way and stuff. And it's like, you know, Bard haven't got one. So let's kind yeah. of, you know, uh, have, have, have throw one of those the, that way. Going back on your on your secrets, school of secrets, I saw it as inverse divination wizard, because yes. divination always sees the future, and you're just doing the divination of the past in some yeah. respects. So I think it kind of works that way, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. And so the only one that kind of sits as a bit of an outlier is the like the spell slayer rogue, Love it. just because it, it. it doesn't have like a direct kind of tie. Again, it stems from the world building of like the sense of like in a yeah. world ruled by a bunch of evil wizards. There's going to be a group of people who yeah. kind of make it their job to kind of specialize in Age dealing slayers. with these, yeah. these evil yeah. wizards. I really liked it. I, I've, I, that was the one that I started, I've written notes on the most oh. as I, because I was like, oh, I like this and I'd love to do more with it, like sort of thing. Because I think it's really, I think it's a really cool idea. And it made me start thinking about lots of different things you could do additional to mm. it. And I was like, making a whole set of rogues that are all like out to, sort of like yeah. who are anti-magic or something like that could be kind of interesting uh, yeah, like an assassination order or some yeah, sort yeah exactly like, I don't know it's just, yeah. but also like yeah maybe giving them things like giving them a counterspell feature or, <laughs> oh, or yeah. is there something you could do to start taking away spell slots like you could remove spell slots for people that's what I was thinking like I don't know. This sounds evil, but I was no, going to say, you said I was evil earlier. <laughs> Hamilton, what are you talking about? I know, just lose concentration. Nah, steal their spell slots. No, like, yeah. <laughs> but my favorite, if I can say, is the Circle of the Nine I Druid. Say. Really? Yeah. It is, I just was like, a druid and the hells? Yeah. Yes, yeah. please. Like, we're not really evil, by the way, man. No, I no, 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 If I don't know that I was joining an evil podcast, I would have made the different preparations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alignment's definitely neutral chaotic. Yeah, face. exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I think the the impetus like behind like the the druid one was that when it came to like reading like in Avernus, the idea that like it is like almost like a you know a personalized hell. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like the idea like someone someone probably has to make that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it makes sense that it probably it probably is some some type of druid, uh, probably like yeah, a, yeah. a messed up one. Mm. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah i always come up like back to like i think what was it in avernus they have like the the sea of toenails nasty as an architect as well by day that's my day job that's my, <laughs> my ultimate persona an i was really of- on it and as someone who's been told my buildings look like hellscapes sometimes that i was totally on board with this and i was like you know what <laughs> If this became real, I'm going to come one of those and prove to you what really, <laughs> what a yeah. hellscape after is. But it's a really, it's a really great idea for people at home. Don't know? Could you just explain it? The circle online kind of plays around with um, well, two things. Uh, one, they kind of so their second level, their two second level abilities is is one this kind of hellscape architect, which is essentially uh, a kind of another way of using their wild shapes uh, like spell. Mm. So well, uh, there was the is it the the star druid of the stars? 
um yes that has another kind of like it uses your wild mm. shape but you're not yeah. turning into a beast there was a recent one who did that as well wasn't there that uh we were looking yes. at yes what was uh, it? It's in the Giants oh, one. They pro- yes. Oh, the Giants no. one. The Giants yeah. one. That was it. The Giants. The Giants. So, UI. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I really like that kind of playstyle. The the idea that mm. like um, for, like for certain Druid subclasses, Wild Shape just kind of becomes almost like redundant. It's not really. Um, yeah. If that's not the character you want to make, then you know mm. you're just having it is a bit weird. But the idea that you can kind of use the uh, you know the Wild Shape to kind of instead of changing yourself you're changing the environment mm. um and there's yes. things like uh, the the uh, there's a festering landscape there's a a, mm. a temptation landscape uh, hellscape sorry uh, and like a grasping one so each with their own kind of like slightly different effects mm. whether they yes. involve like a charm dealing damage or like again the kind of like crowd control the other other like second level ability um is an infernal mentor yeah. Um, yeah. which yeah. is is a little bit again it's 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 weird it's not traditional to kind of have a subclass ability that gives you an npc essentially yeah, yeah. um and it kind of uh it, it allow it gives the druid the ability to cast sending with essentially their, their devil supervisor yeah <laughs> uh, to stick with the kind of architect theme just even being like a, a level two druid that immediately kind of like some story hooks there about serious yeah that's the thing it gives you the it gives you the great warlockness but it, it's also it's mm. so much it's yeah so much building upon the sort of theme and the sort of role play and world building it does but character building that's what i was looking for uh that it does it's really good and then what do you get later you get freedom's cost which i think is quite fun as well hellscapes anyone kind of caught by your like hellscapes architect or you know uh other kind of like restricting ability gets the chance to kind of be freed at essentially the cost of a, you know their soul uh, it's like a bargain uh, and then you kind of have the opportunity to have like a charm creature for a little bit that kind of obeys your commands and what i was going to say is like i'm a big fan of essentially uh, a subclass having a, a kind of core identity so you know the the circle of the nine is all about your hellscapes the spell yeah. slayer rogue is about slaying yeah. spells um, S- slaying, yeah, spellers. slaying yeah. spells and so you know uh, all the abilities kind of tie in with this that kind of core feature so you know uh, at yeah. 10th level the hellscapes get stronger um mm-hmm. and then at kind of like at 14th level when you get your like your capstone ability it's it's you know it's it's your hellscapes yeah. are as powerful as you know that they're ever going to be you get your fiendish wings yes. like, oh yeah. hooray they're finally no, level 14 <laughs> yeah i mean at that point most people are probably like again level one flying if they've like some pixies in the team so it's like yeah at that point you're probably a little bit slow <laughs> talk about level one flying with fiona around <laughs> <laughs> she, she won't allow it she'll clip your no. wings <laughs> I, I will clip the wings metaphorically speaking but druids <laughs> as well get so much else actually as a, as a class outside of their subclass that i think it, it works well to just be emboldening Agreed. something that they've got a lot to deal with what which i think is kind of cool i really like that and i'm actually it's the one i was like when can i play when can i play a circle of the night through it is this your inner architect speaking is this yeah it is i also just think it would be fun <laughs> just think it would be real i just think it'd be great just to make those hellscapes and just i put that i just if you didn't tell anyone because someone might not you know so you know i'm playing a druid and then suddenly you're like yeah i'm gonna use my wild shape i thought you were a druid yeah yeah, yeah. I also do like the idea of like someone playing in this setting without any context of just like I'm just a guy. Oh, yeah. I'm just here for a good time. And what is going on? This is this is a water deep. What's <laughs> to cycle back to it because I've now re- I remembered it. My mm. favorite sort of thing that you sort of did was about because I recently looked into the ruins of Undermountain and Undermountain itself. Mm. So this idea that Halastar's gone, nope, yeah. and just taken <laughs> the whole of Undermountain to its own demi plane. So the fact that underneath Old Water Deep is is this massive f off Catherine, yeah. yeah. and then as a hook to be like ah you're, you are good enough to be heroes i spied on you do my dungeon great i push you back into it it's a hell yeah, uh, yeah. You, you got this you it's, got it's, this it's, it's like a little like drip feed of reward of like come 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 have fun in my dun- dungeon where it's not as bad as everything really enough at, like yeah. the under like it's not as bad as it could be when yeah. like you're in the undermountain and you're like, this is nice. It's nice to actually be. It feels very much like a like a Squid Games version of yeah. uh, Forgotten Realms. So I did. You go level two yeah. and you're back in the. What are you doing? doing here? I thought you were financially slave for. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, just... I do like the idea of t- uh, turning Halastar into essentially like a Squid Game like host. Yeah. <laughs> that's your next product, Matt. That's, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it, isn't it? Well, but if if you had any advice for somebody who was who was like, I pick this up and is like, I want to run this as my next campaign. What so big tip would you give to any DM who wants Ooh. to use Doom Forgotten Realms? Uh, so, I, 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 so what I would always yes. say is, like, yeah, ooh, good question. Um, <laughs> so one, one thing I kind of really like about the setting is is the fact that like I think it can almost work for any kind of campaign. 
in the sense that like even if you're doing like one of the hardcover books the doomed forgotten realms is the perfect kind of like you get sent forward into the future to see what could happen if you fail mm. um, or you experience really a vision did, yeah. or, or, or something. I love the idea of, of leaning into that, that trope of like, this is what happens if we would fail. And then that's kind of the, the motivation to like why we have to kind of succeed. If you're using like the setting as like from, from the get go, I think despite it being, you know, all doom and gloom, there is space for like, you know, some, some, some happiness, <laughs> depending on the campaign. Like if, if you are, you know, a, a bunch of players who aren't necessarily like all lawful, evilly aligned, being able to kind of like, uh, give them a, a, a find someone within the world that will kind of become their base and kind of allow it to kind of grow with, with the campaign, mm -hmm. because I think that's the most kind of impactful way. Like, again, yeah. before you kind of reach the like high level hooks of like, we've released Tharazdun and now, now what's happening? Or we've killed, you know, Vecna or, you know, whatever. Those happen late. So the idea that you can kind mm. of give players enough kind of agency and visual feedback yeah. to just see that they're making an impact. Yeah. And then it kind of, yeah, you kind of have the, the knock-on effect where like if players create a good space within a world that's very scuffed, people are going to gravitate towards it, both both good and bad. And then you can kind of like show the fact that it's a, you know, it's a growing movement. And, you know, before long, Elminster's back or, or mm. and you know, it's, it's the, the turning tide. Or double down, get super evil. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, or yeah. don't. Yeah, or don't. Yeah. I want to. I want to preface this where like everyone has different like limits for evil. Uh, so there's yes. like uh, you know uh, consent. Mm. <laughs> evil with yeah. consent is is a like, lot yeah. of session zero needs to occur. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you're doing yeah. This work. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Seriously. Yeah. You are obviously a very, let's, let's say, prolific uh, writer of various, mm. like you said, you've written over 60 products now. What advice would you give somebody who's just starting out writing stuff and they wasn't sure about, like, they have an idea, but they're not sure, you know, how to write a module or how even to get it published in some way or even playtesting it? Any advice on that front? Yeah, I mean, so what's kind of been fantastic over the course of, like, since starting, there's been a, a lot of really kind of awesome kind of initiatives. There's a storytelling collective, um, mm -hmm. which they do the uh, they do like a, a write an adventure in a month. Uh, they also do write an encounter. I believe it's run by uh, Ashley Warren. Generally, the the, the best piece of advice I give it, it starts small. The DMs Guild has space for a page of items, you know, mm -hmm. or, or a page of encounters. It becomes very easy to kind of like once you kind of go through the process of creating something once, it just kind of gets easier. Um, yeah. The DMs Guild is a fantastic resource as well because they have a bunch of like templates and layouts. So my editor, uh, one of the editors, Laura, Laura Hersbrenner, has a, a perfect word template. Yeah, I, I think that, that those are the main kind of like two advice. Um, mm. Well, actually, a third one as well is, is never be afraid to hire an editor. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just a must in general, because I wouldn't want my thoughts to be put out there yes. for the world. I just want to edit them a little bit. Yeah, editors are, are needed. They're always kind of like worth, worth their weight in gold. And, and especially I know there's sometimes like the hesitancy when you, especially you're dealing with kind of like early projects. But with the DMs Guild, the way, again, the way that kind of I've kind of experienced this stuff at is most editors, like with certain projects and stuff at, they're happy to kind of work on like a, a, a royalty share basis, you know, for, uh, to be like fully upfront with it. So that anything you publish on the DMs Guild, uh, they take 50%, and that remaining 50% is yours to kind of, you know, uh, do, do what you want with. And editors kind of typically take anywhere between like 10 to kind of like 15%, and that's kind of like mm -hmm. a, a negotiation between them. You kind of mentioned the, the, the playtesting. When it comes to adventure content, uh, I haven't had the chance to kind of playtest too many subclasses. Like even, even the subclasses within the uh, Soul Coast of Fire, they, they've been played, but again, not kind of like to the rigorous like MCDM kind of like levels. Yeah, sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But the best way to kind of get adventure uh, feedback and stuff like that is like run it for your friends, uh, if you want me to yeah. say that. The best you can get is the moment you hand it to another DM. That's yeah. that, that's that's honestly the best test to see whether you know the adventure content is because even when I'm running my own adventures, I'm filling in gaps that I like. I I was like, oh yeah, I was gonna write this section about whatever, but yeah. the moment you kind of hand it off to someone else, if if they don't have the information they need, then they're gonna hit roadblocks and and they'll let you know. Yeah. And and yeah. Uh, while it may be painful, you, you kind of need to you need to identify this. No, but I think that's yeah. such a it's such a valuable thing because then again, somebody else will be like, oh well, I did this for this part, and you're like, I hadn't thought of it that way. So yeah, I really love that, like giving it to somebody else to run and just hope for the best. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for coming on DMs Book Club. Uh, my final sort of, well, our final question is like, where can we find your work? Where can we get the Doomed Forgotten Realms? Yeah. And is, do you have any other projects coming up? Uh, I know you said you're on hiatus, so yes. possibly not. Um, <laughs> but any recommendations of people that people want to check out where they can see you do stuff or any other work that you are interested in? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, I've, I've been Matthew Whitby. Uh, you can find me at, at Whitby Writes on, on Twitter. 
so I used to run a podcast called the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse, which you can find on on my Twitter handle as well. Where I, again, much much like yourselves, so I, I chat down, uh, sit down with with designers and kind of chat about them. Again, that's also on that's also on hiatus. It's very good though. I yeah. I, I, I wanted to, it's my chance to jump in and say oh, I'm a bit of a fan. I'm a bit oh, of a fan. Oh no, more feet. Oh, more feedback. Oh no, yeah, more no, positive. Yeah, but, positive, positive. Yeah. No, I just I started listening to it about a few years ago when you started, and I was just I was like, it's what gave me the like. Okay, I'm gonna write stuff for the DM. Oh, I mean, I've only done like three things. I'm going to be honest because I also do podcasts now. I don't have as much time. So I got to about episode like 15 to 20. Yeah. I'm backdated. I need to get back to them. But it's really good. <laughs> Again, I'm sure much of it is the case of like, I can, I can chat to people. It's just like, yeah. And yeah. secretly, I, every, every podcast, I just learned a little bit. And then I kind of stuck that into the stuff that I made. Oh, so did I, definitely. They're really, they're really informative. And for anyone who wants to get into writing uh, books, there's a lot of, you've got all the peoples on there. You've got James Intercrasso, you had Davey Parry, you got all the names everyone uh and you should yeah you should definitely listen to it if you if you want to hear more also what else do you do <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that yeah uh, obviously the um the doomed uh, sort of coast is on the dms guild but as for like a a, a shout out uh what is it there's i, I feel that there's, there's too many uh so what i do is i know that there's there is a a sale on uh, i think on the dms guild at the moment which lasts mm. for a, a little while about like the it's stranger things Stranger monsters, yeah, yeah. So there is, uh, I think it's up to thirty percent off on a whole host of really mm-hmm. awesome stuff. Um, I know that some of uh, Anne Gregerson, who does the Monster Loot series, has some uh, content with that. There's, uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, there is so much cool stuff in this book, uh, but done by amazing uh, kind of creators. Um, that it's a bit of a cop out that I've literally said everyone, uh, mm. but have a look. I, without a fail, there will be something, uh, something in the, in that collection for, for for the people listening. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been absolutely lovely. You, uh, A bit of context for people as we're recording. It's been a really shit 48 hours in the UK. So having to talk about D&D, about the darkest timeline, <laughs> the apocalyptic <laughs> world's going on. You know what? I feel a lot better for talking about it. So yeah. thank you so much for that, Matt. I think both, I, I speak for both myself and Hamilton, but mm. I've appreciated this chat quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I thank you both so much for inviting me. Well, and until next time, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all on the flip side. On the flip side. Bye. That's what we say. If that's not the saying, that should be. Fiona said it once, and I won't let her forget it. And, and yeah, now we'll, it's... It won't let it die, and I'm like, well, like you said, either we forget about it or we double down on it. So. Yeah, and that's what we did. <laughs> Um, Hamilton, do you have any other questions, any burning questions you want to ask? I, th- I at think all? all of them have been answered uh, to the, to its fullest. I think, um, yeah, I, I've got no more to say than just praise. So it will just become too much of a, a, a praise fest. Yeah, we don't want you to feel even, even more awkward because you your, your ego <laughs> yeah. too much. But I, 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 of course, I, I don't know whether it's just like my my, my, my British trait where just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I it's know, a right. British thing. We yeah. we all feel it. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, just like just call me an idiot just to kind of like offset things. Oh, <laughs> you, you bloody fool! Oh, yeah. oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs>